2: Here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And uh, I tell you, my great producer Noah, how has your day been so far? You know,
1: it doesn't really matter uh, at this time because the energy that's going to be exuding from this show with one of the most dynamic people that I know, and yes, I'm going to just say his name flat out, Chad C.R. Stewart in the studio. Man, I'm excited. This is going to be a great show, JC. I am
2: excited, my friend. And uh, Michelle, how are you doing today?
3: I'm doing good, doing good. I'm excited as well.
2: Well, Noah, you know, I, I had to beat you to this because I, I I see you got your finger on the trigger. <laughs> Guess what day it is, Noah? It's home. Nee! <laughs> <Hump> day! <laughs> now, as we always do each
1: Wednesday, maybe Michelle's been practicing. Maybe she's ready. Michelle, can you can can you beat this man right here?
3: Yes, I can. <laughs> it's hump day. It's hump day. It's hump hump day.
1: <laughs> yeah, JC, you were a nine, but I got to
2: give her a ten out of ten, buddy. <laughs> you know I, what, what? We got a, such a wonderful guest in the house. I, I wonder, can he do a hump day? Uh, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> that was quick <laughs> you know I tell you uh, listen, to the audience uh, just mm-hmm. like Noah mentioned we got the one and only Chad C.R. Stewart in the house tonight and uh, I tell you you're getting ready to get a lesson learned and uh, the next generation uh, I, I don't like to say that we like to compare this with uh or anything but no you know what I'm talking about you know,
1: it's completely original. In other interviews, we've talked about it. We've compared it to other things. But Britfield, as I've said on my show numerous times when I first connected with, with Chad, it is a movement. It's more than just a book series. It's about educating children on the power of creativity and why that is so important as they launch whatever it is their careers are going to be. And people can check that out. They can go to Britfield.com. This man is on a mission, and it goes well beyond the books.
2: And he's on a mission. And a lot of people, and I'm I'm going to say this, a lot of people like to say, Hey, you are the next generation of the Harry Potter's all this other time. I mean, all the things that, that was happened in the past because your movement is the future. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I just want everybody to know that I'm so excited to have this guy as a guest. I'm talking about, uh, he'd been on my show before, but, um, uh, I wasn't in studio with him. Uh, and, uh, It's time. We got the absolute pleasure of having him across with me. And my great producer, Noel, I just see him uh, through the the window. (laughs) It's it's, it's just beaming, beaming.
1: uh, There's the energy. I mean, like I said, he's one of my favorite people to talk to because he's got a great heart, not just for what he does, but for the children, which is the future of America.
2: Wow. You know, I can't wait to get this thing started. So uh, listen to the audience. If you want to be part of this great conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. 1170 Again, that's one 888 1170 But Cher, first of all, can you tell our listening audience the title and the purpose of tonight's show?
3: The title of tonight's show is Chad Stewart's Britfield Book Series, Movies, World Tour, and Product Lines – And the purpose of the show tonight is getting to know the background of Chad C.R. Stewart, discuss the Britfield series and the theatrical launching of Britfield and the Lost Crown, discuss the Britfield World Tour, and talk about the Britfield Institute.
2: Can you please? He's introduced this great crowd to our <laughs> listening audience.
3: Yes, Chad C. R. Stewart was born in Newport Beach, California. He's an award winning and best selling author, international strategist, prominent speaker, and creativity educator. He founded the prestigious Britfield Institute, a nonprofit dedicated to creativity and literacy, and Devonfield, a media empire committed to the highest quality in education, publishing, and film production. He received a Bachelor of Arts in British Literature and European history from Brown University earned an MBA from Boston College, and is pursuing a Master of Science in Advanced Management and a PhD in Creativity and Innovation at Claremont Graduate University. Now based in San Diego, he's a strong supporter of education and the arts, professor at Fermanian School of Business, Point Loma Nazarene University, and past president, board of directors, directors of the San Diego Ballet. The Britfield Institute is committed to bringing creativity into the classroom, promoting literacy, and fostering a child's imagination. Impacting all demographics, we provide students, teachers, educators, and the schools the opportunity to read and write with passion while inspiring critical thinking, communication, and collaboration. The Britfield Institute is providing underprivileged schools and children resources, workshops, and opportunities. The James Colley Show, It's Your Life, proudly welcomes back Chad C.R. Stewart.
2: Chad. How you doing, my friend?
4: I am doing wonderful. I, I feel I don't have to even say anything. You guys could just keep talking because you're just doing such a wonderful job here. <laughs> you know, hey, hey
2: Chad, man, uh, you was on the show, I think, back in uh, September, August, September. Yeah. yeah. And uh, last time you was on the show, you was telling me about uh, you was on this 23-state uh, tour teaching, educating. Yes. Uh, and I think you did that in, uh, I mean, 23 states and— uh, a certain amount of days?
4: Well, 9,000 miles, Twenty. it was over 18 months, and it was uh, 9,000 miles, 23 states, over 180 schools, and more than 40,000 students. So, wow. That's you
2: know, so, awesome. great. Right, so yeah. you, you was doing all that in 2020, but you also had an absolutely fantastic year in 2021. Can you tell our listening audience a little bit about what, what Chad Stewart was doing and still doing <clears> throat> <starting> throat> from, throat> from 2021? Real quick, too, uh, Noah. Did, did anyone watch the
4: Rose Parade? Yeah. Uh, now you know what I actually normally do. Yeah. Not this year. We, okay. I, I'm just. I wanted to say that uh, I'm thinking Britfield Float next year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. We need to make this happen. I'm, I'm, serious. Oh, I'm on
4: board. I, I just. I could visualize the whole thing. All right. But anyway, no. 2021 was good. I think um, for for a lot of people, um, it was a hard year, but it was a very challenging year, and it was a really extraordinary year. Um, I finally, literally, um, as of Boxing Day last year, after Christmas, I finished up Britfield and the Return of the Prince, which is book three of the series. And it's almost 600 pages. So that was a huge accomplishment. And then um, we continued our uh, virtual tour. So as we were talking before, before we were doing the uh, driving tour, coming to schools, we, we switched to virtual uh, which was great. And then it worked, and it was a lot of fun. So we did quite a bit of uh, schools and everything from Florida to Colorado to Oregon to California through the virtual tour, <clears throat> and just um, just a, just amazing things. We refined the team, we refined our focus. We really have built um, what I would consider a media empire now. And and really for the last six to eight weeks, I've been ready for January first and launching into 2022. This is this is our year that we will. We will really take it, so I'm excited.
2: Wow, man, uh, the way you explain that, and uh, I love the idea of a Rose Bowl float, <laughs> <laughs> I can see yeah. it. Yeah. So, so uh, you are so passionate about what you're doing. Uh, right before the break, we got about two minutes, can you tell our listening audience where you get this drive and why are you so passionate to make sure that we educate uh, our youth young us and everybody, and making sure that they are able to create and think out the box and just uh, be able to imagine because they can do anything that they set their mind to.
4: Yeah, I think it's uh, that's a great question, and where do I get my drive? I, uh, I think I've, I've always had a passion for creativity, and just so many thoughts went through my mind, but it's interesting, too, because we'll talk a little bit about creativity, but now it's really coming into the light, and, and I've been a... a Creativity proponent for you know five to seven years, knowing how important it is, knowing that the United States is in a creativity crisis, and yet now you're seeing it. In fact, there was articles out there, like everything from Forbes to Harvard Business Review to you name it, saying that 2021 was the year of creativity. Um, I've, I've done a lot of other interviews with some experts in tech and education, and they're saying that um, we are right now in a creativity revolution. I thought that was a fantastic quote. And uh, so everything that I have been preaching, if you will, and pushing and trying to get creativity back in the classroom is really now coming in um, to to full focus. And you're starting to see where before you'd see incredible articles, but you only see three or four out a year. You're seeing, you know, 30, 40, 50 articles coming out. People are finally getting it, how important creativity is. And um, I can can back it up with proof, but creativity is the number one most important skill in the world.
2: I want you to hold that thought because we got to take a station break listen on if you want to be part of this great conversation again that's one 888 344 we got chad cr stewart in the studio tonight i tell you what call in be a part of this great conversation it's your life i'm james Cooley. we'll be back shortly after the break
5: there's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on it's your life with james cooley
6: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
0: The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on TuneIn.com and Odyssey.com.
1: It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for
2: more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and uh, I tell you, I'm just over here giggling, excited, uh, to the have question
1: this. is, James, are you tickled pink?
2: <laughs> well, you know, I was getting ready to say I'm tickled pink, man, because you know I'm the, it, <laughs> Yeah. It, it's uh it, and Noah, you know you and I talk all the time. Uh it's just so exciting to uh actually get a chance to meet uh this young man face to face. Now he and I have talked on the phone uh, several times. Uh and it's always interesting and it's, just, it's always in to get an opportunity uh, to meet him face to face, and um, I read uh some of his first book uh got his second one right here, and I listened to it, and you can I mean, you might want to go out and get these immediately and uh finishing up the third one, uh I think it 's seven parts to this, but we 'll talk about that we'll we 'll give him an opportunity to talk about this one, but if you want to be part of this great conversation that 's one eight eight 344 man just like i 'm saying we got chad c r Stewart in here, Chad. Right before we was, I went to the break, you was explaining uh, some of the things that uh, you was doing in, in 2021 that's leading you into the new year yes. where we're at today. Can you, can you pick up on that? Yeah,
4: no, I just wanted to say um, what's interesting is that I know, you know, it's two ways to look at everything that's happened. And it's, I, I've looked at it as a positive and trying to find the opportunity in it. But I think uh, what's happened over the last 18 months, and I've said it before, is that we're in an education reformation. Um, and, and that's a good thing. Uh, we've seen an explosion in the homeschool market from 5 million to 15 million and growing. Um, and that will continue to grow and parents stepping up and homeschooling their own kids. It doesn't mean necessarily that one parent has to stay home because the whole homeschool world, you know, there's tons of opportunities. There's homeschool groups. You can drop them off just like you drop them off to school. And I have found that the homeschool kids, uh, are the best educated kids I've ever seen. I've found, you know, 16 year olds that are already taking college classes, they're well-rounded. They're well-spoken. Um, the curious, the creative, uh, and they're leaders. And um, so that's exciting. We're seeing. We're also seeing a revolution um, in in business. And um, some of the stats are saying back to, back to the education. They're saying thirty to forty percent of parents won't be sending their kids back to schools when everything officially opens up. That's huge, um, and we're seeing those same statistics in the business world that forty to sixty percent of um, employees will not be returning. To work. Now, it doesn't mean that they'll be quitting their job, but they won't be going back to, if you will, the cubicle or the institution, but be working from home, or it could be a combination. And I think that's fantastic. I think that's amazing. That's exciting. I think they'll be a thousand times more productive, and um, and they'll have a fuller life. And so we're already seeing those things happen. We're starting to see an explosion in entrepreneurship. And to me, that the micro businesses is the new model of America. And these big corporate uh, you know, tanker ships um, are going out of style, and they're not going to be being able to maintain um, an industry edge anymore. And so I think that's exciting for anyone that wants to start their own company, any entrepreneur out there, anyone that has the creativity spark to do something. The opportunities in the last 18 months to 24 months have exploded. And I also mean that just for everyone, from artists to writers to singers. There are so many markets, avenues, and opportunities to make a living, if you will – and to potentially be successful, so those are some of the things that I've been been mapping, charting, um, researching, and um, I've been with a lot of other experts, and it's, so it's exciting. Everything to me right now is exciting because everything is aligning with what I believe in, and that's that entrepreneur spirit. That, that's the uh, American way.
2: Wow, well put, well put, my friend.
3: Chad, as an author, what is the most what is the hardest thing about writing?
2: Yeah, I would
4: say discipline. You know, and, and people are always saying, you know, what, you know, I want to write. Where do I start? And it's really you start writing. Um, but it is—it's discipline. And uh, like, book one, Britfield and Lost Crown, it took me four years and twenty five hundred hours to write. Book two took me uh, three thousand hours and five thousand—I'm uh, sorry, five years and, and three thousand hours. And then I just finished the first, um, finished, edited draft of book three. Now I, I was a lot more uh, quicker with it. I spent a lot more time on outlining it. But um, I mean, it was just—it was 18 months of dedication until that last page was finished, and so it's hard. And um, you know, every morning I get up, and I think this is for most writers, it's not like I'm on fire. You know, at 7 a.m. in the morning, and I want to write or edit, um, but you do it and you stick to it, and you give yourself goals. And, and um, sometimes I don't feel like it, but I'll say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit or write from 7 to 9, no matter what. Or today we're going from from I'm gonna I'm gonna hit at least three pages, and you have to give yourself those mini goals. Sometimes you're, you're on fire and you can write for three or four or five hours without stopping. But it is it's, – it's just discipline. And, and, and it's that way with anything, with any expert, any field. They always say the difference between a hobby and a profession is about eight to 10,000 hours of committed, dedicated time. That's very true. They say you know, the difference between um, um, success and, and, um, and not is, is anywhere from one to two decades or every overnight success takes one to two decades. And that's true too. And, and so my dedication to writing, my discipline – my focus, uh, my commitment is the same thing for for sports, for any other profession and hobby. But, but it is it discipline is the first word that comes to my mind.
1: You know what I'm excited about, Chad, and we've talked about this. You know, when I first met you, you know that it was going to happen, and it was a possibility. Well, now it's a reality. This Britfield series of books is becoming a movement into the realm of cinema, and I know that there's movement all. There's plans for all seven of seven of them to be feature length adaptations. But the first one is in the works. What can you tell us about this actually becoming Britfield and the Lost Crown an actual movie that people can enjoy on the big screen?
4: <clears throat> yeah, I'm excited. Um uh from day one, going almost ten years ago when I started book one, if you can imagine, um uh, this this was seen as a movie. This was very visual, my background is a script writer, and then eventually got into writing the fictional novels. Um, I think about 90 to 95% of the people that have read the story, we're talking tens of thousands have said it, you know, feels like a movie, it reads like a movie. Um, I feel like I'm in a movie and a lot of that is just probably from my experience as a script writer. Um, but I'm very visual. So I'm, we're excited. Uh, we have two producers that are, that are signed on to make this into a major feature length movie. Um, I know the budget's going to be around anywhere from, from 80 to a hundred million for the film, which has there been a studio picked yet? Um, we're shopping it right now with three majors, and that's all I can say right now, so um, I think at the end of the day it's gonna, we're going to find the right fit um, there's a co- I can't say any more than that, but um, uh, yeah I'll, I'll leave it there but uh, but uh, yeah, so I think we'll probably have an announcement by march of the of the actual studio. I'm hoping that pre-production would start in um, could be in summer. And then um, production this uh, coming fall, if all goes well, I'm hoping that at least eighty percent of the movie will be shot in England, um, and I think it will be, and it needs to be. And uh, just back to the budget, the thing is, is um, you know eighty to hundred million dollars. Uh, this is this is this could be a two hundred million dollar type of budget movie, but it's not needed, and, and that's what makes Britfield and Lost Crown great. Number one, it takes place in present time, and number two, it's really all story and characters, and so it's like you don't have the James Bond, which I'm a big fan of. Um, you know, tons of scene changes, explosions, you know, stunts and all that kind of stuff. You just really have Tom and Sarah, two orphans that have escaped from Weatherly Orphanage, and they're just trying to get to London and, and have freedom. And so it's just a, it's just a, it's a very great visual story. And you can get away with million dollar shots of England without without having to you know, cost millions of dollars. So.
2: Wow. You know, Chad, you and I was talking about uh, uh, a play uh, based on uh, um, your book. Yes, that you work on. I don't know if you want to mention oh, yeah. that, you know, but um, sometimes when we are doing uh, movies or plays, a lot of the content uh, kind of get lost because we're trying to tell a story and we only have a limited amount of time uh, to uh, compact all of the key storylines into uh, a movie or play. Yes. Uh, you got one coming up soon, uh, I guess in twenty twenty two. Can can you tell us how you're going to uh, try to make sure that m- all of the major points are in your plays, or in your scripts, or in your yes. movies?
4: Yeah, and I'll say one thing is it's we we own the entire rights for Britfield and Lost Crown, which is great, and the entire series, so we control the creative control. Um, with my producers, they they work for me; I don't work for them, and um, so we'll have an airtight, bulletproof. Uh, contract uh, with the studio and, and and you know it's always difficult but the point is is there's no gain for them to deviate from a story that is solid and hugely successful and what everyone loves and um and there's no benefit to them and at the end of the day they are they are concerned about the dollar and and they also want brifield Lost Crown to be as successful as possible so all other six movies can follow i will say this that i believe that brifield Lost Crown movie will be one of the most successful films in cinematic history rivaling the original Star Wars and E.T. in live-action family movies.
2: Wow. I mean, just uh, reading what I have read uh, in Britfield, The Lost Crown, I, man, it's, uh, it's so exciting. And that, uh, it's kind of hard to put it down once you uh, start reading. But I tell you what, we're going to take an early break because we got a special caller. Hmm. On the line. Love it. When we return, I tell you, listen to the audience, if you want to be part of this great conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. Let me say it one more time. That's 1-888-344-1170. We got Chad C.R. Stewart in here. And the show is It's Your Life. I'm James cool We will be back after the break. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must listen to for anyone who thinks they're stuck in life or
0: FM 96.1 and AM 1170. The answer.
1: It's time to dream big, think big, and be big.
2: It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And uh, I know I, you mentioned that I was tickle pink. I, I think I'm uh, tickle. I, don't, I mean, I, it's just, yes, I'm excited. I, I mean, it, it, extremely excited. and uh, It's hard not to be when you got chat here. <laughs> it is. it <laughs> is, You know, and uh, listen to the audience, I, I see that we got a, a lot of you guys listening in tonight, and I see you on, on Facebook as well, so I, I just want to thank you guys uh, for tuning in because we got just such fantastic guests. And if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. 888 344 Chad, uh, we was chatting right before the break, and uh, I was asking, uh, similar to how do you make sure that you keep the the correct content, especially when you're doing uh, plays, film, or script? Yes. Uh, yeah, so, uh, can you finish up on that? Yeah, I just wanted to
4: finish up because it, it is a great question, and I think one of the problems that so many people have had too when they read a novel and then it, it's transitioned into a film, it loses a lot of the key scenes or the flavor of it, and, and we will keep that under very, very tight wraps. And um, I think I think the book will be extremely true to uh, – the. I mean, sorry, the movie will be – true to the novel. And I would say this too, that I, I think in some ways, I mean, I love the book, but I, I think the movie will, will even be better than the book. And I say that because um, everything will be so visual. And so I might describe Yorkshire or Oxford or Windsor Castle, but in the film, it will come
2: alive. Wow. You know, uh, uh, just like I said, uh, I'm excited and uh, listening. To all this, uh, you, you see a couple of them in front of me, you might want to get out and get it immediately. I tell you, we got a a great caller on the line, you know, and uh, uh and Noah, you want to uh, 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 introduce our, our great caller to our, our listeners? Yeah, I audition. think the best way to introduce
1: uh, the caller is it's uh, my better half, <laughs> and uh, so it's my girlfriend, Cammie, who nice. is a teacher, and she shapes, helps shape young minds, and uh, Britfield has become a part of her world and her students' world, so Cammie,
2: thanks for joining us. How you doing, Cammie?
7: I'm great. How are you?
2: Oh, since like we got you on the on the phone, we, we I think we absolutely wonderful.
7: <laughs> well, I'm basically calling to just fangirl. Um, I found this book because of Noah and James, and when I got a copy, read it in a day. And the entire time I read it, I imagined it as a read aloud. I teach actually math to middle <laughs> schoolers, but still do um, read alouds regularly. 65% of my students are English learners and just so much good it comes out of read aloud but um they are obsessed yes. we are partway through the first book and it's built into my daily schedule and this book has led to the students connected with the characters instantly and it has led to conversations of um ethics and justice mm. and they're making connections and predictions and <laughs> They, I love how your chapters end with those cliffhangers. Every time I close the book, I get that collective groan <laughs> and the no, no, just a little bit more. And my students are working diligently in class in the hopes that we have enough time at the end of class to add another chapter in. So um, they're just they're so excited. I'm partway through the second book. I've been reading it on my winter vacation. But um, thank you. These are just I i am so thrilled that I found them and my students and I have had fun going through the website and um, just really, really great literature to be sharing with them. And so easy for them to connect. They are really, really hooked in and invested. And that's not the easiest thing to do with middle schoolers. So.
4: Wow. I mean, all of that was just wonderful. And I think the thing that stuck out the most was that they could connect with the characters. And that's that's what's so interesting and, for me, important about Burfield and Lost Crown was, uh, number one, it takes place in current time. Number two, it doesn't have any of the, the heightened fantasy or the witchcraft or any of the other stuff that's saturating 90% of the market. And It's just a fresh, real book that kids can relate to. And and so that comment was great. And it's funny, my sister's actually a math teacher. So, um, <laughs> But the fact that you're you're taking the time out and reading the book to them, I mean, you know, that's awesome, and thank you for doing that. I love that you guys are using the website because that's kind of how it's designed. It's, it's fun because you know, you can describe the pictures, but um, but to, to experience it, so. Wow. Yeah,
7: and for most of our students, they just don't have, you know, a world frame of reference and, you know, still not even truly solid on the difference between states and countries and continents, so being able to pull up the website and look at maps and look at historically, you know, accurate information and pictures and geography uh, just really enhances all of that. I love that it's, Um, all of those resources that just add to uh, the reality of the story and as much as it's entertaining and they're enveloped in that storyline, it's really neat to be able to also show them that these are real places that exist in current times and make those connections also.
4: We also have a um, 83-page study guide for free to teachers uh, based on national standards, so it can always be taught chapter by chapter. I was curious, um, do you have a favorite scene yet? you know, you're about halfway in
7: uh, for the second book. You no, mean? no. For book one. Oh, for the, oh, for the book one. Um, no, I finished all of book oh, one. It. My okay. students haven't, but I have. And then I've been through, oh gosh. Um, <laughs> you can ask Noah. I hate favorite questions. Oh, I'm sorry. one of those people. I love, <laughs> no, I love, I just, the, for me, it's just the character development going through and, mm. Um, without giving anything away for people that haven't read it, um, I think now as I'm reading it to my students, I'm going back, you know how, when you watch a movie that has like plot twists or surprise endings, and then you go back and you rewatch it to look for clues. Um, that's the point I'm at right now. There were, you know, without saying it, there were things at the end that you go, wait a minute, (laughs) and now reading it through the second time, I'm looking for those clues and seeing how that builds up. Um, I have one student, he's a voracious reader, and he bought the first and second book and already read them, Wow! and he actually (laughs) brought the second book into class on one of the last days before break when we were having a math test, and he says, you have to start reading this while we take the math test, (laughs) but don't gasp too loud when you read the first chapter, okay? Uh, (laughs) Oh, I love it. Wow. So I love that there were so many things that you question as you read and you go back and forth wondering about the characters and their intentions and as it wraps up, there's those aha moments. and it's I love that the end of the book is enough that I feel satisfied as a reader to um, to have enough of a storyline closure. To not be left hanging, but also knowing that there's so much more to come in in, in the next book.
4: Oh, yeah. Thank you for that, too. And, I, yeah, you have to kind of do that. But it's, it, it feels like book one just opens up the, the whole story in the background. And then the adventure it obviously continues in book two. But uh, another thing that you said that I really liked was that uh, it's opened up all these questions for debate, you know, about ethics and and, and uh, rules and laws and all those other things. I, I, I love that. And that's really that's what it's intended to do. It's It really is packed. Of that, I mean, you could spend you could spend you know a week just on chapter one talking about um, the factory, hence, you know, the workshop at at Weatherly Orphanage and the orphanage and how the grievances act and you know the different kids and how they help each other and the family and all that.
2: Wow, you know, hey, Cammie, thank you so much. You you know what, Uh, I'm not gonna put him on the spot, but uh, if his schedule, if he have a, a little time in his schedule. And uh, if you invite us in, if he can work it out, I'm, I'm willing to come in, and hopefully, if he have time in his schedule, uh, to surprise love your to that. class yeah. uh, one day. Uh, hopefully, uh, in when I'm back down here in March, February, or March, if he if he have time in his schedule, and we invite. Him.
7: Oh yeah, that would be amazing.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to come in and um, we could do a Q and A session or or whatever. So, uh, more than happy to do that. Wow. Well,
7: thank you. I appreciate it.
2: <laughs> thank you so much, Cam.
3: Chad, Britfield um, and the Lost Crown—they have launched a product line. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
4: Yeah, it's interesting. Everything that's going to eventually branch off um, Britfield Lost Crown. One thing is is um, uh, we've developed the uh, Britfield Tartan and we're in the, the final stages. And and so the Tartan is like the Royal Tartan. And so if you think of the Stuart plaid, the Black Watch, or if you think of Burberry, that's actually a Tartan. And so um, it's the first of, of many Britfield Tartans to come. We're in the final uh, refining stages. That's kind of cool. So that'll be that'll be on you know all the different products and t-shirts and you know sweatshirts and all that kind of stuff. We're also developing um the Britfield Christmas bear which we no. were, uh boy and girl and so uh she'll have like the, the sort of kilt dress on and he'll have like the, the shirt. It'll be really cool and um it's not just sort of a gift to buy but we're looking we're looking to give out thousands of, thousands of those to like you know orphanages um, um hospitals you know for children's wards and things like that and make Christmas just exciting with the Britfield bear. Um, but another product is our play um, that would fall under that line. And, and if we have time, we can talk a little bit about it because it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm in the thick of it right now. I'm, I'm, I'm actually in the process of translating a book into a play. And um, the play is a theatrical play. It's specifically for middle school. And uh, eventually it will be developed into a musical for Broadway, which will be cool. <laughs> Cause you can see that. Um, but it's very, it's very, it's very interesting because plays are very different. There's, there's three, really three categories. And for children's, any children's play, it's 30 minutes or 30 pages for middle school. It's about 60 to 70 pages. And then for sort of college or mainstream, it's about uh, 90 pages, which would be an hour and a half plus breaks. And so ours is coming in around 75 pages. So that is very difficult because I have got to cut more than than normal. And it's very interesting to, because I, this whole thing is designed as for a movie. And so the stage is very different. And, um, but we're excited. If we have more time, we can dig into it, but I'm, I'm working with two experts on it right now. And um, I'm excited. I'm 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 having so much fun with it. I spent the first week outlining it, figuring out you know number one, how many scenes are there going to be? What are the scenes you absolutely have to have in this to tell the story? How how many minutes or pages will that be? I'm actually hitting it right on the mark too, and um, and the breaks. And then really, I started this week uh, writing it and just going through. And it's funny too because you know a lot of you have read the book, and the the caller that we just had read it. And I'm having fun going back and reading my own. My own book because it's been a while since I've read book book one, but I'm I'm reading sections and I'm actually finding myself laughing <laughs> at mm-hmm. the dialogue or the scenes or the setups. I mean, just laughing. I'm like, gosh, this is, this is great or this is funny. You know what I mean? Or gosh, that's a great comment. Um, but it is. It's 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 interesting because whereas a film is visual, a play is is words. Words is the what drives it. It's not so visual. It's you know, you might have a background, you might have a little bit of a stage and stuff. So um, we actually ha- already have a school. Um, it's Mission Viejo Christian School. Um, that's lined up to uh, launch this um, in mid-October, and um, that's sort of our pilot school. And I'll be—I'm uh, talking with Michelle, who's their director of um, theater, this Friday, and I've already talked with her, and so she's going to be one of the pivoting points in this because she is in the trenches. She she teaches this, she she directs it, she casts it. Um, this school is great because it's very arts oriented and they're very theater oriented. They have about 150 kids that come out for every single play which is a lot. It's like, wow. Um, but we're doing, we're designing it to the play where uh, a lot of the actors will have um, speaking parts and decent speaking parts. There's Tom and Sarah. There's the main characters. There's probably seven main characters, but the orphans will be playing, you know, roles throughout. And then what's kind of great, just to give you a visual, is when Tom and Sarah are in London, you know, the orphans will be, you know, dressed in sort of, if you will, London clothes, carrying umbrellas or something. And so they'll be part of the whole play, even if it's background and movement. Um, And they'll also have moments where they can do a monologue describing something. So it's going to be a very, very fluid, active. It's very interesting, too, because I'm designing the play or the theatrical play as a film, really. And it will have visuals and sound effects.
2: Wow. Hey, hold on to that, though. We're going to take a station break. But... uh this is so exciting we're gonna come back and yes you will have an opportunity to talk a little bit more uh, uh, about uh, the play that you're writing and i tell you you want to be part of this conversation that's 1-888-344-117 it's your life i'm james cooley we'll be back shortly after the break
5: there's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on it's your life with james cooley
6: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
0: Streaming now on the Answer San Diego app and odyssey.com.
1: It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time
2: for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, if you're listening to this show, uh, you are witnessing history. And you will see in the next few years what I'm talking about. Uh, we got the fantastic Chad C.R. Stewart here that's telling us uh, about his series or which he has booked in ink, uh, seven books that he is uh, going to be writing and turning all of them into movies and uh, uh, plays and scripts and just like he had mentioned Broadway and, and uh, Hollywood, all these things. I tell you, you're witnessing Greatness, Uh, so remember that name. Remember Britfield. (laughs) You know, so uh, if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy.
1: Well, before I uh, go any further, no matter what I ask here, it's not going to be as good as my future fiance would uh, have all that depth that she brought to the airwaves. But uh, (laughs) let's let's move right along here. Back to the movie, really quickly, Chad. I'm curious when you when you started writing the first one, Britfield and the Lost Crown, did you have as you were writing it any actors in mind for who were going to play the characters? And now as the movie is coming into fruition, is that maybe changing a little bit? Or you still have those visions of those actors in your head? What's going on
4: with that? I still have the original visions, which is interesting. But working with the producer, one of them, Sam, and he's and he's just he's wonderful, and he's done the research, and he's starting to you know put together. The right actors, you know, for the roles and stuff. So that's helpful. Um, but no, I've always seen Colin Firth as Detective Gowerstone, and it's interesting too. I watched Bridget Jones' Diary last night again, you know, and and it's like, oh my gosh, he's so perfect. Um, but I, you know, I see him because he's just he's got that refined quality. You know, it's kind of like a smoldering um, eruption waiting to happen, if you will. Um, I see Bill Nye as um, as Professor Hainsworth, and if you're familiar, if you've ever seen Love Actually, one of my favorite movies. Uh, he's that rock star, that burned-out rock star, and he's oh, he would be perfect for Hainsworth. But there's a couple other good actors that would fit the role. And then we actually, um, um, well, this is actually for, um, well, for for movie one, Oliver is a, is a, is a is a small role. If you guys, uh, whoever's read it in, at Oxford, Oliver comes back in book two and three for major roles. And um, so we've already we've already tagged an actor for him. Um, if you've watched Queen's Gambit, uh, the actor. The mustache. Can't think of his name, but he was actually in Love Actually, also as the young kid. Oh yeah, I don't know the actor's name. Yeah, I loved Queen's Gambit. That's that's a great cast. Yes, I, I, and Sam brought that up, and I thought, bingo, that is that is Oliver. And um so yeah, those are some of the key ones. And then um, for some of the other character actors, um, I, I, I definitely have some um, ideas. They're kind of the classic British character actors that you'd be very familiar with. They've been in like, if you will. Thirty or fifty films, and they're sort of veterans, and they'll be a perfect fit for this. Um, but I will say this too: it's it's what's fun is is obviously as an author, as you're continuing the series and just finished book three, which was a lot bigger and longer than I thought. It's a lot of fun because it's it's um, I get to develop the characters, and it's like with one book you can only do so much. And as Tom and Sarah, what's great too is as each book goes on, Tom and Sarah are twelve in, in book one, they're thirteen in book two, and and in fourteen in book three. And to me, that's huge. That's a very dynamic shift from 12 to 14 or like jump. Yeah. It's like two decades. Right. And, and so they are different and they act different they think different and they're a lot more mature and they've gone through what they've gone through as you've read and they're wiser. And, um, and so that's a lot of fun. And, and the relationships as you build those. And, um, I don't know, know if you've read book two and stuff, which takes place in France, which is exciting, but I, I introduce inspector Fontaine who works for Interpol and she's an awesome character and exciting and I don't want to give anything away, but there's a bit of spark between her and Gower stone. And so anyway, yeah,
1: (laughs) it's exciting. I can't wait to see where, you know, as, as we get closer to summer, uh, how these things come together, it's definitely going to be something to watch. Now I know past the movie. I mean, this is going to get big because we're going to be doing this world tour. You're going to be doing this world tour, the Britfield world tour planned for 2022, probably through 2024. What is that all about and what does it consist of, Chad?
4: Yeah, very excited about it. We're going to be wrapping up um, our national tour uh, this year or this semester, you could say, probably through April, probably mostly th- uh, virtual. And then we've got our, um, our first tour planned at six weeks. It's in uh, Great Britain. And so we'll be in uh, England for, for three weeks. We'll be in Scotland for, for 10 days. And then we'll be in Ireland for 10 days. I cannot wait to get to Ireland. We are going to light that on fire and, uh, and then obviously England, goes without saying. We'll also be there for the London Book Fair, uh, which we're, we'll be showing very prominently. Um, and then uh, Eastern Europe, 12 countries in the fall. And then um, from there, we'll, we'll uh, the following year we'll be in uh, Europe, and then we'll go to Asia, and then uh, we'll end up in South America. Is the world tour going to be virtual or in person? Oh, no, it'll, it'll be absolutely in person. That's yeah, great. Yeah, 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 Love yeah. it. No, fair enough, yeah. And and a lot of it depends, of course, on, on what's happening. I mean, the, the tour will take place. It just depends, you know on the critical conditions right now, it's, it's madness in England. I have a sense that in Eastern Europe, it won't, I know that, um, uh, that, uh, uh Poland and uh, Hungary are very, um, conservative countries. They're not drinking the Kool-Aid and, uh, I think there'll be a lot more flexibility there with travel, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And so, um, and so I think Eastern Europe, we're going to light Eastern Europe on fire. Uh, Pol- we just sold the, um, the uh, rights for Britfield and lost crown and Britfield and the rise of the lion to Poland Uh, And so they'll be publishing it in Poland, along with a lot of other countries. And so I I love Poland. Poland's going to be our base where we're in Eastern Europe. And then, you know, of course, we'll be hitting um, uh, Czech Republic. We'll be hitting uh, Austria, Vienna. We'll be hitting Romania and a lot of other different uh, countries.
3: Chad, can you tell us a little bit about Britfield and the Return of the Prince? Book three launching in June of this year.
4: Yeah, uh, I'm excited. So it's going to be launching uh, June if all goes well. And it's got to go through two more edits and then two professional edits. But those should go pretty good. Uh, we're on a clock. Again, you, you, you talked to me about writing, and so it's it's interesting uh, when time becomes the factor. Um, but I'm excited. And um, uh, book three takes place in Italy, and um, book three is my crescendo. Book three is my ninth symphony. Um, I, it's almost 600 pages, but I, believe it or not, I people will read it in a weekend. Um, it's tight. It's fast-paced. you got three parallel stories, huge character arcs, huge character development. Um, obviously we're hitting the, the three main, um, cities in Italy, uh, Florence, Rome, and ending in Venice, uh, Venice, no Venice. Yeah. And, um, and, and I'm excited about it. In fact, um, this morning I've, I've already got the first sketches from my graphic designer for the cover of book three. I've had the visual for about six months. And so that cover will be done in about, about a month.
2: Wow. You know, we, we're down to about the last, uh, two minutes sure. of the show. Uh, but, uh, I have to ask you this because, uh, it requires forward thinking uh, to actually already in your mind have written all seven books. Sure. Where do you get this inspiration from? I know you just finished book three. Uh, you got book four, book five, book six, and book seven. But uh, you already at the finish line on where you wanna wanna be with this. With thirty seconds of the last uh, yeah. But c- can you tell us where, the, where that inspiration comes from? The, the, this is
4: the dinner thing, no, no thirty seconds here. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, I've always known the countries, um, but, but but unlike other authors, I don't I don't have the whole story worked out um, in a nutshell. I take it book by book, but but I will say this: that it, what's what's really great is when I come to a new country, um, that that helps me write it because I figure out where in that country do I want to go. Like obviously with England, I had you know Oxford, Windsor in London, key cities, and that helped kind of frame the book. And then you come and you start to research that city and you get all these different ideas like like with book three in Rome. I, I was in Rome a lot longer, but it's like how do you leave Rome quickly? Um so I've already got a little bit of book book four mapped out um but I don't know until I sit down and I start to
2: outline. Wow. Uh I tell you. Yeah. We down By to By the last... way on
4: that I owe you both dinner.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we down to last uh, last minute or the show real quickly. Yeah. How could people uh Get your books. Get in touch with you. Just so understand, uh, but primarily buy the books because they sure. are absolutely fantastic. Can you tell us? A, a yeah, these are all it?
4: first editions, too, and we'll be going into second and third. And as you can imagine, we're actually on, on parallel to outsell um, Harry Potter in the next eight to ten years. We will actually outsell Harry Potter and um, potentially be the most awarded um, and best-selling children's fiction book in history. So, um, but you can go to brifield.com. Uh, Britfield.com, B-R-I-T-F-I-E-L-D. Britfield.com website. Check it out. You'll love it. You can get the books there. Amazon, we have the hardcover, softcover, e-book, and audio. Wow, my friend. Thank you so oh, yeah. much. It's you know great. what? We got to
2: do this again. Yes. And look at my producer already. Infinite parts. I mean,
1: he, he's always we, invited we back. I'm raising the roof back. <laughs> <him>. <laughs> yeah, so uh,
2: I want to thank you for taking time. That was wonderful. To come on to James Privileged. School. Show with your, your life. You know, so uh I thank you, my friend. We will have you back in a few months if you have time. Yes. And I know, hey, Cammy, I'm going to try to twist his arm to get him in there. I mean, I don't know. He's a very busy man. You know that. Oh, I got <laughs> you. Yeah. yeah, and uh, i like to thank my wonderful, fantastic co-host uh, who's always doing all the heavy lifting. I'd like to thank my great producer, Noah Dingley. I'd like to thank Salem Media and all the bosses here that gave me the opportunity to do this. Most important, I'd like to thank my listening audience for tuning in every night. I tell you what, we're always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring the great message. It's Your Life. I'm James Cole. We'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's Your Life. <laughs>